1: Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money. And also, hopefully, develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco
2: and Marissa. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Money. I am your host, Franco Caligiuri.
3: And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski.
2: Welcome to our show. Our show explores our limitations that we build up within ourselves in building our wealth. And we look at uh, how we can knock down those walls... A limitation and to build our wealth that is very meaningful to us, and that's why we're here. I
3: love your passion about knocking down the walls. Knock down the walls, let's do it!
2: Let's knock down those walls. <laughs> and who are you? I'm, I introduced <laughs> myself
3: already. I appreciate that. Hi, I'm Marissa. It's nice <laughs> to meet you. Sorry,
2: completely just doing that. I was so excited.
3: Into it I get it. We're excited. That.
2: Well, because today
3: we're talking about a big conversation,
2: we've, we've had. A mortgage broker we've had a real estate agent we have had all sorts
3: of experts on money business owners people that have struggled people that have succeeded entrepreneurs
2: so now you have you've built up money you've taken some of the things that we talked about Mm -hmm. and you're making changes and you're you have a budget you're setting money aside you're controlling your spending you're not spending more than what you bring in and so now you have this money and now what
3: well now now what do we do what do we do what's our business well, hopefully you work with a financial advisor to help build is a Is that plan. what we do? That is. That's our business. But not everybody wants to work with an advisor. It's not as easy as saying, work with an advisor. People are like, oh, great, I'm going to work with an advisor. It's like being told to go to the doctor go to see a specialist. Or, not that we're the doctor, but there's a lot of specialists that you get recommended to I see that you don't
2: see. Doctor of money. Have
3: you ever been recommended to go see a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or somebody of like some sort of specialist and you just don't go because you think you know better or you Google it and you figure out what's wrong with whatever it is that you want more information on, yourself, and you think, why go see an expert? Why pay for someone's expertise? Why when I could do it myself?
2: I've actually done that for prescription drugs.
3: You prescribed yourself? You have a
2: prescription? No, I've gone to a doctor and they prescribed and I didn't take it.
3: Oh, oh, I thought you meant I've gone to doctors before and told them what to prescribe me. Like when I was like, I know what I have. I remember how to No, I that's something I know once. you would do. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a I would free. take it, but
2: then I won't take the prescription drugs.
3: So, but why do you get the prescription then?
2: Well, why do you go in telling the doctor what Because I know prescribe? what's wrong with me oh really yeah <laughs> so you're the doctor yeah
3: we take gone to med school well, that's very interesting <laughs> I have to med school do
2: you think people do the same thing with I their I think finances? people do with their money
3: yeah but I'm saying that I, I mean I, we do it in different areas of our life like definitely, I oftentimes think when I go in to see a specialist until they prove that they know, that sounds so...
2: Oh, so the doctor needs to prove themselves. They, they, they know more than for me. for 10 years. Yeah, I,
3: more than I have. I know, it's not like I think I know more. There's like a lack of, uh, I think there's a, a level of vulnerability in, in saying you don't know. There's a lack of vulnerability in uh, asking for help. Or not a lack of vulnerability, pardon me, there is a vulnerability, a lack of like knowing and, and uh, control. So you're sort of well, giving that's not, your. That's not you at all. No, I know. I don't. That's why I don't ask for help for a lot of things. <laughs> or it's not that I don't. I struggle with it. So I have compassion for people who don't want to ask for help. But I think that that's a critical point in taking control of your finances is understanding that this isn't something that we're taught. This isn't something that we know. And there's specialists out there who can help you, like financial advisors, like ourselves.
2: Okay, I'm gonna share jump, a few things with you. Jump. I'm not go. jumping. No, you are. You're I'm going to share with you. I get it.
3: You. You, you didn't want to hear me talk anymore. You were done. <laughs> I, get, I get tired of listening to my own voice sometimes, too.
2: You know, the more I let you speak, the more that you.
3: <laughs> okay, go.
2: So, there, there are many independent studies
3: mm-hmm.
2: that have shown and proven, I think, in the combined 20 plus years that you and I have, mm-hmm. being advisors and advising people. There have been many studies that confirm that working with a financial security advisor will give you a greater chance of, one, increasing your savings. hmm Because what they do there, they're able to help and, and to provide and maintain a disciplined approach. hmm Okay. Yeah,
3: and that disciplined approach. I'm going to stop you at one, and then oh, we can really? continue. I think that I want to, so I I want want to, to talk more. Okay. okay, we can talk more throughout the episode, but I want to talk about that disciplined approach because I think that's something that a lot of it's the same reason we go to a trainer when we want to get on when we want to get you know physically fit or have some sort of accountability. That disciplined approach isn't something that, when left to our own you know demise, that we necessarily implement. And I think that that's something that's important to talk about. Is is that's do you want to create that discipline punishment, And if you do, this is, some, this is a route. This is a way that you can build it.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Number two, being better prepared for a comfortable retirement.
3: hmm Yeah, of course.
2: Number three, statistics have shown, studies have shown. Number three, selecting, they're able to help you select the most tax-efficient investment strategies. Mm-hmm. Not just for today, but all stages of your life.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, how do people know about them if you don't? I mean, I guess a lot of people go to the bank. And the bank tells you the generic. I met with somebody this morning. She was putting money into you know, a specific, you know, here in Canada, obviously an RSP, retirement plan, retirement savings in plan. The U.S.
2: is 401k. Right.
3: And uh, putting money into a tax-free savings plan. And she just had a very automated plan set up that had nothing to do with her or her specific situation. It was just an automated, generic plan. Totally get. And you know what? Good for the banks for at least giving you something. But it wasn't personalized by any means. So she was one step ahead of not doing anything. But it wasn't a personalized plan that was based on which tax-efficient tool makes the most sense based for her. Based on
2: her goals, short-term, medium-term, long-term. Right, and the
3: type of income that she's taking, et cetera. So it was a good opportunity for me to realize, okay, even when I talk to people and they say, yeah, I've already got that with the bank, dig deeper. You know, What does that look like for you? Does it match your investment profile? Does it match your overall goals? Not just now, but in 10 years from now in 20 years from now and five years from now. Um, I think a lot of us think the banks know best because they're the banks. Didn't you think that at any point? Like when you were younger, didn't you always think the banks know?
2: No, I've always had an attitude, a rebellious attitude. Mm -hmm. So I never considered any big institution as being the best or the safest. Mm -hmm. So when I encountered or met somebody that was an independent financial advisor, I quickly jumped on the opportunity to work with this individual and through that individual, actually, funny enough, is how I came into this industry. Oh, that's so funny. But, but through this, so I actually had that. I had that rebell- rebellious attitude of, well, it's a big institution. They don't really have my back. I want to work with somebody that, that has a stake in my success.
3: Yeah, that's so interesting. I think when I first, when I was younger, I always thought banks were the thing to trust because of size, because of power, and because of resources. So, and so I, I understand you hear that a lot. People just assume that the bank is... The one to go to because of size.
2: I always have looked at personalized service. Even if I go to a fast food restaurant,
3: mm-hmm. you go to a fast food restaurant. I no, <laughs> it's really
2: rare. But uh, if I if I was to go into a fast food restaurant, I actually I, my wife she she knocks me on the side of the head saying, "What do you expect?" I actually am looking for service, even at, at, at a fast food restaurant, which I know it's not tailored for for service, yeah. but. I get attracted to that. If mm-hmm. you give me service, I'm actually one of those ideal customers. If you give me service, I will buy whatever you mm-hmm. ask me to buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't get that a lot. Mm-hmm. So with a financial advisor, I look for that. If I was to go out there and look for it, actually, I still would deal with the bank. We all have to deal with the bank on the day day right. transactions, and they have their service, you know the the purpose. but in terms of personalized service, I think that's probably one of the biggest complaints that we get from a lot of people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I don't want to sit here and pick on the banks. but Oh, I no, think, that's not what it's about. That's what a lot of people right. complain about is that I don't get that personalized service. But you know, you have an individual that's sitting in an institution or a large institution where if they get an opportunity to move up the corporate ladder, would would you not take it? I think most people, people would. Mm-hmm. you and I, we own this business. So our success is actually derived from our client success they're the more successful they are the more successful that we are.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I, you lost me at fast food. I'm, I'm thinking about McDonald's fries.
2: <laughs> Marissa, can you go?
3: <laughs> I, yeah, went uh, like Marissa. I went like 15 years. I went like 15 years without eating McDonald's. I was so proud of it. And then Saturday after that big run, I did. Uh,
2: you were craving for it. No, so it was, anybody out there that's listening.
3: No, it was the weirdest thing ever. I, one of the girls Marissa I run, would I run with. Love
2: you forever. Eats
3: McDonald. It's like her her post ultra run that's food her is is McDonald's fries. It's like the potato and the salt and the grease or whatever it is. And so there was a whole bunch of fries at the finish line. And this is after you know seven hours of being in the heat. I'm not kidding you. All I wanted was a McDonald's fries.
2: Did you do it? I
3: did, and there's a picture you on Facebook it. of me eating the McDonald's fries with it. And I was like, "Oh no, there's photographic proof." After four, 15 and, years, and I ate it's, McDonald's.
2: It's a digital print forever. Not
3: gonna lie, it was really good post 54 kilometer run food. It
2: is quite satisfying. Yeah. Okay, let me give you point number four. Okay, you of like what how I just studies, jumped
3: off there? <laughs> of what these
2: studies? I'm bringing you back that these studies have shown us. I know you. I know where you're, I know where you're going. Well. It's successfully. You want to guess?
3: Navigating unexpected financial or personal so. Let's put that. Challenges. Together.
2: Successfully navigating unexpected financial or personal challenges. Yeah, this was an interesting one.
3: Mean? Well, I was reading a lot about it actually when we were preparing for this episode in terms of financial crisis and the you know as we say financial uh, fi- financial challenges, unexpected financial challenges, things like two thousand and eight. You know the percentage of people that felt more emotionally. The percentage of people that were working with a financial advisor that felt more emotionally uh, secure, adept, able to deal with the financial crisis or the Mm. financial hard times was between 10 and 30 percent higher for the people that were working with a financial advisor than those who weren't. So, what does that mean? What am I saying? When you work with a financial advisor and there's a financial crisis, you feel more able to work through those times. You feel more secure in where you're at and you feel a greater ability to handle a financial crisis if you're working with a financial advisor. Of course, it makes sense because what do you have when you work with a financial advisor? Hopefully, if you're working with the right financial advisor, you have a plan. And as soon as you build a plan, you build a plan to some degree for what what do you do when a financial crisis happens. Even if you don't have a full plan in place yet, I know for me, if I have a plan, I feel better when crisis happens. I feel more in control. I feel less victimized. I feel less at the whim of the world.
2: It's like last week's episode where we talked about having a rainy day fund.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: 100%. You're supporting what we said last week.
3: 100%. So, well, that yeah. study
2: there, just, just what you're talking about there. So that was an Ipsos read poll study that, that you're, you're talking about?
3: Uh-huh.
2: So what they found, Ipsos survey found that 38% of a advised investors in 2008 believe that their financial plan will see them through,
3: mm-hmm.
2: opposed to only 27% mm-hmm. of the non-advised investors.
3: Well, yeah, think about it. Like, investors. I mean, if there's a crisis and you've had professional advice and you feel like with professional advice you've, you've started to implement a plan and you have a plan and then a crisis happens, I feel like at least I have a plan well, to back. fall back on.
2: You act on emotion mm-hmm. instead of actually logically talking it through. Mm-hmm. Where even just the process of having somebody to talk through what it means? What's going on? Because I think a lot of people out there, even advisors, I would include, had no no idea what what was going on. It took a while for people to really understand. Oh God! Can you imagine dealing with an advisor
3: when a financial crisis and the advisors having just a well, two thousand eight. Yeah. I'd
2: say, like it, it was probably um, one of those those events that um, just shook everybody.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, though, when I think about it now, the importance in us maintaining a calm, cool, collected, you know, in-control status, too, though. You know, now that it's years later, you're able to reflect and look at what are things that you can do to help people maintain uh, non-reactive and, and, you know, secure and stable. It's As imagine you went into a doctor's office or a specialist office and the doctor's freaking out. I'd be like, well, (laughs) and I think
2: that the 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 job, the advisor is to help clients go through whatever situation they're going through and to look at because the the test of a very good plan, the stress test of a very good plan is when things are going down, Mm -hmm. when their assets are decreasing.
3: The stress test.
2: The stress test.
3: So, as in, how do I react when that happens? How well
2: is was the plan built? Oh, right. And also, there how you react, and also the advisor. What we did? What did we do here? Well, we were there. We we contacted our clients. We were proactive. We or instituted Dude. instituted Dude. <laughs> instituted uh, a mandatory like review every quarter. Stay in touch
3: mm-hmm.
2: because, as we saw. A year later, markets rebounded. And then 2011, we, had, we also had a decrease in the market, went back. And and since then, we've seen a steady increase in the markets. Now, I'm going to actually throw some more stats at you, Marissa Sobolensky. Wow. I know you like them.
3: You're throwing stats at me.
2: 61% who had a comprehensive plan felt peace of mind. Mm-hmm. When they had limited advice, 48%. And people that had no plan at all, 36%. Right.
3: So 20, 25% more with a financial plan.
2: That's a, pre- that's a pretty mm-hmm. impressive st- statistic. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's why that's why we're doing this episode, and that's why I encourage people all the time, even if it's not with us, but to work with a financial advisor, to work with I think a financial everybody should planner. Work with us, of course. That's the obvious. Okay, but no, can can I tell you some, <laughs> something
2: more? That <clears throat> people actually had four times more investable assets mm-hmm. by working with an advisor.
3: I know we're getting into that later in the episode, but the question is, is why don't people do it? Why don't people want to invest the time to work with somebody? Now, it seems like. It, To me, it seems like an, I say invest the time because it is time. It takes time to sit down. You know what it's like the first few meetings, really getting to know each other, hashing out your goals, financial goals, building a plan. It is a commitment of time. Why don't people want to do that? You know, what's so, I don't think coming in to meet with a financial advisor is that dreary and that bad, but people don't want to look at it. So they do the latter. They do the, you know, you you said the 36% of people with the no planning feeling, you know, not so good not so didn't have the peace of mind. How do you get those people to start working with an advisor so that, you know, they can not have that, um, emotional discomfort we talk about. And we'll get into later in the episode. So I want to talk about the emotional benefits of working with an advisor.
2: Well, <clears throat> now there's statistic. I'm just going to keep throwing in statistics. At I think, you. I
3: think I'm almost done with statistics.
2: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Surprisingly, um, Non-advised households <clears throat> actually had half of the, the savings rate
3: mm-hmm.
2: compared to households that actually had an advisor. Mm-hmm. So 50% less that they were putting away. So why? why? You're asking the question why? Well, in, in the years that, that we've been working with people and advising clients, I don't think people are honest with themselves. I think that they want to feel and think and think that that, that they're in control, that they can make the right decisions. Uh, but however, if you were to have a surgery done, <clears throat> would you try to do surgery on yourself?
3: No, of course not. But I think it's like knowing that you need to get surgery done as being at that point where you say I need help. I think that's probably the part where people struggle the most. Once they ask for help and they say, okay, I'm at this situation, I need help, then I think they're in it. I know we got to go into a break, but when we come back, we talk about, I want to continue talking about this. I want to talk about how to help people have that shift so that they see the value. I think the difference is when you see the value of working with the advisor, which is what I think we're trying to relay today, that's when you say, okay, I'm I'm ready to ask for help. You need to see the value in what you could get if you ask for help and go to that uncomfortable place and invest that time. All right, we're going on to a break, but we'll see you on the other side.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization... Think of the world 50 years ago. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money.
2: Welcome back. I am your host, Franklin Caligiuri.
3: And I'm your host, Marissa Zabalinski.
2: Okay. So what can we do to actually work with an advisor? What, what can you actually take and actually go and start to work with an advisor? What type of things should you be looking at? So we're going to give you five tips here that you can take and, and you can go out and ask, um, interview and to look at developing a relationship with an advisor that you can look at, start building your wealth.
3: All right, let's do it. Be honest. Number one. Um, I think this is an important one to say because I think we've, we've spent a lot of meetings with people where you spend hours and hours, not really fully going there. People come in wanting to be in a certain place. And so we don't necessarily get right to the good stuff until, you know, meetings and meetings down the way. Uh, I think it's an important thing that we need to talk about is be prepared to be honest. Be prepared to be vulnerable. Be prepared to go there. The only way, it's like going back to this metaphor of the doctor. You go into a doctor's office and you don't tell them what's actually wrong. How are they going to know, right? Right. So if they're coming in, and I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, I'm not saying we're doctors, but it's the same thing. If you're not going to tell us what's actually going on, how are we to know it? So then you make us dig through, like the doctor would have to do test after test after test after test when you could have just told them this is what's going on. It's the same thing with your finances. Why not just put it out on the table, have that uncomfortable conversation right off the get-go, and then you can start working through it.
2: Absolutely. Actually, what you're just saying there—you if go into a doctor and already with preconceived ideas or notions that this is the way that should be prescribed, or, or this is the the problem I have—and you're not, not even open to anything else. It's the same thing with going to a, to an advisor's office and and asking, or just saying that. Look, I know what they. I know what I want. This is what I want, and that's it. The advisor can't do their job properly. They can't advise properly. Uh, so so being part of of what you're saying, being honest, tip number one, are you using the advisor properly? Mm-hmm. Are you actually using the toll of services that they can provide?
3: Yeah, that's a good point because I bet there's a lot of people that work with advisors that don't. That don't actually use their advisor properly by not sharing everything.
2: Well, a good advisor should provide more than just investment advice because there are so many aspects, so many parts of, of what an advisor can do. And also giving advice isn't isn't the only thing. It's like mm-hmm. going to a doctor and using the same metaphor that the doctor says, okay, you need surgery. But but you go in. Before even the doctor says that, okay, Marissa, I'm, I'm Dr. Franco Calagiri. Marissa, you come in, you're my patient, and you go, oh, my, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> if my
3: doctor's name was Franco Calagiri. I would be alarmed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know what you're saying there. So you say that your shoulder hurts, and all I do is just focus on your shoulder. Yeah. And I say, okay, well, Marissa, we're going to go in and we're going to cut. We're going to do surgery on your shoulder. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Would you be concerned? Well, I know I would be because I'd be asking the question, okay, why? (laughs) If the doctor didn't go, okay, well, let's look at your full body. Let's look at your whole body. Let's see what's going on. Are you running a lot? Well, you do run a lot. Okay. Is, is by you running, is it impacting your shoulder? Is there something else that's going? On? Is it your knee that's that's connected to your shoulder? That there's something off? Are you are you leaning more on one side of your body or not? Are are you are you doing something? Is it diet? Is see, if all I did was just looked at your shoulder and said, oh, you know what? Let's do surgery, because actually there was one time when I was uh, 22 mm-hmm. and I went to work and I started feeling pain on the side of my stomach, well, side of my body, and. It just went on throughout the day where finally, towards the end of the day, I couldn't even get up. It was so painful. I couldn't even stand up. Went to the emergency. And this young doctor comes in, quick assessment. You need to take out your appendix. I thought, okay. And and fortunately, a more senior doctor came in. And you can tell he's, he's lots of experience. Came, looked at me, felt around. And he said, you know what? Let's observe this overnight. So I waited overnight. You know what it was? What? It was food that I had eaten the, night, the day before at a, a French restaurant. And before that, I was very clean with my food. I was training a lot. Actually... Um,
3: and this other doctor almost took out your appendix. Yes,
2: for no reason at all. Wow. So how many advisors are giving advice... That aren't appropriate because they're they're having a 30-minute meeting, one-hour meeting. Right. What we do is we actually have multiple meetings until we actually make a recommendation. And I've actually lost people, lost clients, because they say you take too long.
3: And you want a recommendation now.
2: That's right. right. They want an ABC solution. But an ABC solution is not a solution for you or for for everybody because it doesn't look at somebody. And, and they're great. If that's what you want, go
3: mm-hmm.
2: to those places. But if you want actually to have the full picture and, and that planning that is looking 20, 30, 50 years down the road, because I know you, what you and I do. We actually, that's the type of planning we do. We don't look at just today. We look at, okay, what impact will this have for this person 50 years down the road? But that's what we do. Right. But not everybody wants that. And so that's why being honest is an important, critical step in finding an advisor and not just for yourself, you being honest, but also having the, the advisor be willing for you to be honest.
3: Do you think it's different? you think women have an easier time being honest than men? I find like, I don't know if it's just me in working with men, but I find men just generally don't want to go there right at the beginning. Like it takes more talking around yeah. it. Yeah, it does. I think there's a level of like, I should know, or, you know, I shouldn't appear not knowing or not capable mm-hmm. to a female, especially. Um, it's easier oftentimes when you're there, I find like when it's me, you working with a guy, but I I feel like women have an easier time generally just being like, listen, I don't understand this. I don't know this. I need help. Uh, I think for, I mean, you know, not to off track of it, but I think in terms of the whole being honest and, and unveiling all of that information, there are some societal roadblocks in the sense that we think a lot of us walk around feeling like we should know. And so it makes that step hard. It makes that step uh, more challenging. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I listened to the episode that you and Ali did on men versus women. And I agree. There, there, there I could give you so many examples of, of men uh, taking time to open up. Yeah. And to be willing to have a conversation and being honest and open and being really clear. And, and um, I'm actually part of a, a men's group that, uh, you know, it's one of the things that we talk about is that, that men in society been taught not to show all your cards up all at once and to be strong and to uh, show that you know what's what's going on that you can take care of whatever situation that you're confronted with and i think that that's that's something that does hold men back in really creating incredible wealth Mm -hmm. that's that's quite powerful that uh, can change the world even the
3: family so interesting because it's like the thing we do that we think we're protecting our stuff with
2: we're actually the opposite yeah Yeah.
3: i think if people understood that point none of these statistics none of these points would matter they would feel the sense of urgency and they would be connected to why to work with a professional right if they really recognize that what they're going after could be expedited Mm -hmm. that whole you'd have four times as much investable assets That's not by, like, making more or building a business or doing more. It's by building a plan, by creating that, you know, monthly deductions, et cetera, et cetera. It's not by changing your whole life. It's making, working with a specialist. Absolutely. So I think we just need to. That's
2: great. That's great how you supported that statistic. The fundamental Mm -hmm. reason of it and Mm -hmm. how it can be accomplished. That's Mm -hmm. right. It's not about earning more.
3: Yeah, no, it's not like your advisor gets you a new job and you make a whole lot more money and that's why you have four times as many investable assets. All it is is building a plan. That's, you know, there's a disciplined Changing, approach.
2: Tweaking a there's things. an
3: accountability. Yeah. And there's working with somebody who can help put you on that plan.
2: Okay, so point number two. Yeah. So tip number one was be honest. Point number two, tip number two is invest time up front. Mm-hmm. What are you just saying? And she had a good little segue into that. Mm-hmm. Investing time up front. So investing time up front allows you to be really clear and to really understand how the advisor can work with you. It's like going to a relationship. In the show that you and Allie did together, Men Versus Women, Allie said that she, on the fifth date, went into talking about financial <laughs> situations. So <laughs> I actually look at, and it may be really cool for this, but... I believe that an advisor-client relationship is, is like a marriage.
3: So we've got a lot of, we're in a very polygamous relationship.
2: <laughs> we've got lots of marriages. <laughs> I got about 900. Now. So, I, and, and I believe that because...
3: Expand, expand. What You mean in terms of the sense of communication, in sense of the commitment to each other?
2: Both of those. Right. Commitment to each other, uh, communication... And well, as tip number one, being honest
3: mm-hmm.
2: in a relationship with you and Chris, mm-hmm. if you're not honest to each other, what happens?
3: Uh, it would, there be a breakdown in communication and
2: the other person finds out then yeah. what?
3: Um, and then it eventually wouldn't
2: work. Right. And it's is mean, isn't it the same? Because when, when we take on a client, we don't, this is what we say you know, when we tell our clients that we want to build a lifelong relationship. Yeah. And, and in some cases, that I may mean, maybe fifty years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So with that, it takes commitment. It takes a lot. And is of, that an
3: image of us in our eighties still working with people? That's Right.
2: We can be Franco, healthy.
3: Come over here. Holy that's
2: that's sounds me. <laughs> sounds like someone on a porch.
3: I know. Marissa, is the apple pie ready? We won't. I won't be making apple pie. We're
2: going to cut that. part <laughs> yeah. in Our show and our podcast. Uh, But building a relationship, so that's why it's important. That's why I say that. Yes. Investing the time up front to get to know each other.
3: 100%. Because
2: if this is going to be a right fit, we just don't want to take clients' money. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: We want to take on the clients that we can build, work with, and actually build wealth for them. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Because if they're successful, as I said and we said, we're successful too. So it's an important relationship that we need to build, and 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 it needs to be right in the very beginning. Totally.
3: It's funny you compared it to, you asked about the relationship with Chris in terms of, you know, what would happen. But it's actually a a great metaphor or a great example of doing that because we spent two years building a friendship before we became a couple. And the investing that time is what makes it work now. So...
2: So be patient, right? Yeah. (laughs) That actually leads to... Two years. That was crazy. (laughs) So tip number three is... Continue to invest the time.
3: Okay. I thought this was relationship advice. I forgot we're talking about money. Isn't funny? I was like, okay. Isn't it
2: funny how similar I totally, that it is? I
3: went into relationship advice mode. Okay, continue that to invest is so the funny. Time. It's
2: so similar. Mm-hmm. And some of our clients may be freaking out while they're listening to this. What what, what? I didn't know. I didn't is, know what there. I signed up for. <laughs> no, so so once you've established your goals and have date
3: nights. <laughs> No, but it's the same thing, right? Like you need to create. Yeah okay, I wouldn't
2: call it date night. I would say. No, no, no. I was referring out, to the relationship metaphor. Together,
3: the relationship go metaphor. Go for coffee.
2: Really understand each other's S- stay goals. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected. And and you know if your advisor calls you.
3: Just for the record, call the, them back. The date night was with your partner. That was a reference to Chris and I working on staying connected. <laughs> right, there you go. But I'm just going back I'm jumping back and forth between right. relationships and your relationship with your financial advisor. So right. stay connected.
2: Stay connected. And and, and if your advisor <laughs> yeah. calls we're you we're
3: not going on dates if with your, our clients.
2: If your advisor calls you, that'd <laughs> yeah. be wrong. If Answer. your advisor calls you. Answer. Reply back to them. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why they're reaching out. Yeah. You know, you and I Why have, have you ever called that. somebody
3: and not gone to call back? Yes. I'm just joking. An of email. course. Yes.
2: I think I think I'm still waiting for an email from you. No, no you're and just, not. <laughs> and, and, and also take the time for reviews, you know, to, to have an attitude. And we've experienced where People say, well, I just want you to take care of my money.
3: Right. But, that, but uh, then when something happens, all of a sudden they're like, why didn't we talk about this or what have you? And, and you look back to the history and we reached out 10 right, times and they, right. they didn't want to. I kind of feel like I'm at the point where I don't want to work with people who aren't committed to doing that. You know, because if they're not willing to do that, then we can only go so far.
2: Absolutely. We can only do, it's like, it's like a surgeon mm-hmm. or a doctor that says, hey, Marissa, um, or, or just, I won't use an example, or just someone just says, hey, stop smoking, mm-hmm. or, or reduce your alcohol content, mm-hmm. or reduce the amount of trans fats that you eat, mm-hmm. or fast food restaurants that you go to, because mm-hmm. you need to reduce your weight by this, this amount.
3: Or McDonald's fries.
2: Or McDonald's fries. <sighs> it's your responsibility. <sighs> And if the doctor follows up, but you don't follow up or prescribe certain medication, you don't take it like me, you don't take it, well, you're not following that advice. Mm-hmm. And so can you expect a different outcome? No. And if you don't trust that person's advice, fine, then you move on and you go find somebody that, that, uh, that you feel comfortable with.
3: Right. It's the same like with working with a trainer, though. The success rates of getting into shape or losing the weight are way higher when you work with a trainer. And and I, I don't even know, sometimes there's a level of expertise, but there's a level of expertise, but there's also, there's the accountability is an important point, which we're going to have to talk about, because that's something that is really a critical part. And if you don't have that accountability, like how, I mean, that's the thing that keeps you on track a lot of the time, but...
2: Yeah, I'm gonna give one more tip. Go for it. Go Actually, for it. Actually, what you just said there. And then we can, can we bring it back. We'll bring it back. I really like we'll what bring you it back. Said there. I want to talk
3: more about. So the, about tip the number four. Yes.
2: Tip number four is maintain perspective.
3: Okay. What do you mean?
2: Well, what do you think? Um,
3: maintain perspective. I think just understanding that there's going to be ups and downs. Like if you were to just say that to me, I'd be like, "There's going to be ups and downs." Funny, even in relationships, there's going to be ups and downs. It's not all going to be perfect. Uh, maintain perspective, think bigger picture, maintain uh, bigger picture looking, uh, not so narrow minded. Yeah.
2: Don't get distracted by, by the market noise, by right. the news, by the volatility,
3: by the yeah. no
2: knee jerk reactions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We've all worked with people. You know, we've worked with people before where it's like a month and they see something happening to one of the investments right. and it's like, okay, think, maintain your
2: perspective. Think perspective.
3: Yeah. 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 Give us time here. Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, so so just kind of recap because we're going to be going to a break here. Um, tip number one was be honest,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? Be honest with the advisor that mm-hmm. you're going to work with. Tip number two, invest the time up front. Right.
3: Bigger and, picture,
2: yes. And tip number three, continue to invest in the time with the advisor. And tip number four is maintain, maintain,
3: maintain, not
2: maintain, maintain. <laughs> mix up my words.
3: Maintain, maintain perspective,
2: right? And we're gonna after the break, we're gonna. Look at the very last tip here,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and to explore how you can successfully work in an the advisor, and and the reasons why you should should continue to work in an the advisor, and if you haven't worked with an advisor for a long time, maybe reconnecting with one, mm-hmm. and looking at why you should be looking at, at working with an advisor.
3: Yeah, I think, and I think the biggest thing that if people could take away from that conversation about why working with an advisor. To connect with for yourself, because it's different for every single one of us, what you're looking for, what you want help on, what is the value, Why? what would be the ideal situation, the thing that you could get from a financial advisor that you don't feel capable of giving yourself right now. And that might be the expertise, that might be the disciplined approach, the plan, that might be the accountability, but what is the thing you're looking for help on? Get very clear on that. And then you connect that value to that person and it'll be easier to... Follow through. It'll be easier to create that relationship, to stay connected, to maintain perspective. You know what I mean?
2: I'm your business partner. (laughs) I know know
3: what what you you mean. mean. Okay, we're going on to a break, but we'll continue on the other side.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: to Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money.
2: Welcome back. Now tip number five.
3: Tip number jump five. Jump right into it. Jump. Tip
2: number five, tip number five. We've so far talked about being honest. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking to find new advisor, build um, build a, a relationship with an existing advisor or a new one, um, or maybe some some pointers that you can that you can take away and, and to go and, and start working with your advisor that you have and to make that relationship a stronger. And if one. you
3: feel like you are honest, be more honest. Disc- full disclosure right not just be honest but like people might be thinking i am honest are you telling them everything you know think about the things such as well like all the things the things you struggle with like we oftentimes go in and we just show the numbers here's where i'm at here's what i have what you know transfer this move this i don't want this here dig deeper share the things that you don't necessarily want to talk about Um, the things that you want, the things that you haven't been able to successfully do, the struggles that you have financially, where your head goes financially, what are your fears financially. I think all those things need to be discussed too. I think, be honest, an important, you know, kind of point underneath that is to really, like, be open to full disclosure. You know, sometimes we get too much information where you're like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) But it always helps you understand the person better, Right?
2: So, actually, what are you really saying?
3: I was just subpo- I was just a sub-point under the be honest. You said be honest. And I-
2: uh, I'm just trying to look at it from a male's perspective. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: sometimes I don't want to be honest. Oh. Right up front.
3: As the client going into the advisor or yeah, the sometimes client going I to the w- doctor.
2: sometimes I just want somebody to, to prove themselves, too.
3: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, so, you wouldn't lay all your cards out?
2: No. Because... I don't know who this person is.
3: Right. So what about ones that you trust them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's certain characteristics for myself that I look at. Service. Where are they going to provide me? what, How are they going to improve what I already have? And, mm-hmm. and how are they going to do it? And how are they going to, how do they get compensated? Are they in it just for themselves? Or are they actually really looking out for me?
3: hmm So what could that person do to make you feel more comfortable to lay out your cards, to be honest?
2: Well, I shared some of them. Mm-hmm. So they can provide service Mm -hmm. and they can consistently show and prove that they are looking out for my best interest.
3: Okay. So that's what people need to be looking for. I mean, think about for me what makes me want to step into something and be honest is when I feel like I'm either 100% fully disclosed and it's all out there.
2: Like first meeting?
3: No. No. No, no. Or I'm not at all. The way I get to that, though is when I fully trust the person. And there's usually a feeling associated with an incredibility or it's a referral or it's somebody that I really trust.
2: So how many times, how many meetings does it take? It
3: could be the first one if I've already done like a bunch of background research and this person's come highly recommended or I know them or it's a warm, you know, natural market or something. Uh, but otherwise it could take, it could easily take, you know, between three and five otherwise before I actually get real and share what I'm really into talk about.
2: So the advisors that are out there that are listening,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that could be a good tip to take that. It may not take one meeting or two meetings. Mm-hmm. Actually, could take multiple meetings. So
3: I remember I went in to see my doctor once. This is years ago, and I remember writing it down because I remember thought of what a hilarious metaphor was. And I went in to talk about something specifically, and I had written it down on one of my notes in my phone. And when I went in... Uh, I knew exactly what it was I was going in for. She was away and she had like her backup person in that I was to see. And when I was sitting there, I had a list of three things to talk about. And for some reason, I brought up two and I had it written down. I had it in my head. I brought up two and I left and I go, oh my God, I forgot to bring up the third one. And it was totally like a subconscious slip, but I had intentionally just not felt comfortable. Like I, I had, not knowing I had done it, I had chosen not to talk to her about the thing that I went in to say I was concerned about because I wasn't comfortable with the person. And I had written it down, I had you know, gone in with the intention of talking about it because I got uh, uncomfortable, I decided I didn't want to share. And I didn't even realize I had done it until I left. Think about how many people do that all the time when we go into something with the intention of asking for help, but we don't feel comfortable. So.
2: So tip number five. Go for it. Look ahead.
3: Mm-hmm. Ask, Ask for, for more. Because
2: mm-hmm. an advisor, their business can change over time. And as they get more skills or more services that are added, that can actually change how they advise you mm-hmm. or how much time that they actually spend with you. So look ahead. Ask questions. How do you see your business in five years, 10 years or 20 years? Will I, will I still be a client that you'll be working with? If you add more services, will, will that take away from you providing advice to me?
3: I think this is something a lot of people do now. Like you hear of a lot of people doing their goals for the next 5, 10, 20 years and the vision boards and mapping things out. I feel like that's something that a lot of us do more of because there's a lot of goals programs out there. Um, I think not even just looking ahead, sharing that with your advisor, sharing, you know, I've had people send me their mapped out goals. I love
2: it. Oh, I was actually more referring to the client asking the advisor mm-hmm. what their goals are within their business and where the business is going.
3: Oh, so funny. I misunderstood.
2: Yeah. It's interesting how you went. I went into, into the into, advisors. Oh, I was, no, you went into the. I mean, the client's goals.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's like we have a goal session all together. But yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great actually, point. Actually, just
2: what you said there. I think sharing, sharing each other's goals and what they are to see (coughs) i don't know if time allows that Mm -hmm. but that's part of the process Mm -hmm. of really learning about each other okay where what are your goals so if you are growing your financial practice your financial business will that take away from time that you can spend with me Mm -hmm. or will you hire staff are you committed to that Mm -hmm. as your business grows to provide more service Mm -hmm. more services if you do add them and also in terms of just day-to-day servicing questions Mm -hmm. will there be someone for me to communicate with I think it's, it's having that conversation between not only the client's goals, but also the advisor's goals. I mean, how, how many people do that? I don't think I've had any, actually a few, handful a few of 16 years handful. asking,
3: yeah.
2: you know, what are your goals? A handful. But out of the hundreds and hundreds of people that, that we've seen spoken to, our clients.
3: Yeah, I would say a handful. I want to talk about, can I, can I jump onto the emotional? Well,
2: just with that, so just okay. to kind of wrap up. So some questions um, that could be asked are, are there any services that you provide that we are not um, yet utilizing, Mm -hmm. such as critical illness, or do you have a cash flow? Like Mm -hmm. we actually have cash flow (laughs) programs that people can use. Um, And following up to that, are we using them? Mm -hmm. Are we using all your services to my advantage? I mean, we have, we have an incredible network of, of lawyers, accountants, um, of um, general insurance, mortgage brokers, real estate agents. How many people actually ask us?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we've taken years and years and years and interviewed many of these people to really see what type of service that they would provide.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of people can save a lot of time by eliminating all that time. I cut you off.
3: I was going to say, I'm, tables have turned. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to talk a bit about jumping a bit onto the emotional effects. It was something that I wanted to touch on because I think it's an important incentive for people. Is I was looking at the stress, which is obviously a huge thing we hear about in terms of the effects on our health, the effects on you know our productivity, our income, etc., The, which is actually kind of funny if you think about, because it goes back to the thing we were saying at the beginning, the thing that you're doing that goes against your actual goal with the intent of it doing just the opposite. So the stress, we are, you know, looking at a Canadian study, significantly more stressed out about money if we're not working with a financial advisor. Okay. So same, same in terms of like not making any more money, not making any less money, just More or less stress depending on whether we're working with an advisor. Again, going back to everything we talked about, why? You know, you have that accountability. You feel like you have a plan. You have security. You have a specialist behind you. You have that disciplined approach. So what I was saying about going against your intention is the increased stress, how do you think that would affect your ability to earn an income, probably decrease you know, it makes it harder for you to start making more money, et cetera, because you get stuck in your head on the stress and the worry about money. So it's funny because in the way of not working with an advisor, you're actually I think it was like thirty percent less of, of savings, which makes sense because you're you're also more emotionally caught up in the stress of it, which makes it even harder for yourself another reason why, you know, it's not just making more money. It's just that you're more, you're able to put your efforts towards saving instead of managing the stress and the worry that you create yourself because you don't have that plan. I thought that was an important point that I wanted to touch on. I like the emotional effects. Um, you know, and I think there's also, you know, the, the vacations and all of that stuff, which is something that, you know, I know we talk a lot about, like, do you have money for the vacation? There was a, an article I was reading about people being able to enjoy those vacations when they work with an advisor and it's part of their plan. And they have that confidence that they're spending money within their budget, right? Like, you know how different it is to go on the vacation that's planned, that's made out in your plan, uh, versus going and not really knowing. Like, I was talking last week about the woman who said she was going on the vacation, but she didn't really know if she could afford it. So I imagine the whole time she probably spent sort of being like, should I be here, should I not? which makes it hard for you to actually enjoy it. So there, there's emotional benefits that go further than just, oh, yay, I've got a good relationship in my life with my financial advisor. Don't you agree?
2: So <laughs> so just to summarize what you just said there, so what you're saying is that when or people uh, in general work with, with an advisor, they worry less about money
3: mm-hmm.
2: when they have a financial plan, they feel better prepared to deal with unexpected emergencies, financial emergencies, Mm -hmm. or be able to deal with opportunities that come their way. Uh, Three, are more able to enjoy their annual vacations or any vacation and the occasional splurge. Did I summarize it? What you're saying?
3: Yeah, totally. Is Um, Is there anything
2: else you want to add?
3: No, the last point that I had sort of looked at was feeling more, you know, more okay with if something were to happen to either them or their partner, whether it be a sickness or even a death. Uh, that's something that, and we've had this conversation with people before where they say, I don't want to talk about it because if I talk about it, then I'm, you know, manifesting it or I'm creating it. Or my likelihood of dying is, is greater if I buy life insurance or my likelihood of, of getting sick is greater if I buy a critical illness, opposed to looking at, you know, the fact that they would take away a huge stress of wondering what if something did happen to me, if I had a plan then that stresses less.
2: Well, we're going to have a future show that's where you're going to have a guest come on to actually talk about um, uh, this person got an illness, mm-hmm. was ill, and lost everything mm-hmm. because they didn't have any plan mm-hmm. in place. So uh, on your point there, we will have a future guest over the next couple of weeks actually talking about that.
3: Yeah, I think it's a great, I'm really looking forward to that conversation because I think a lot of us think uh, don't let's not talk about it. And if we talk about it, then that somehow creates it, which makes no sense. Um, you know, let's, let's not we don't so we don't plan. And as discussed, in everything that we've talked about in this show is you need to make a plan to, you know, increase your potential future investable assets, increase your ability to retire sooner. Have a greater likelihood of accountability. Have that accountability partner. Create that discipline. Uh, Get it all out on the table. Deal with the issues that are really stopping you from achieving your wealth. Be honest with your advisor. Build that relationship. Right. Right. These are things we have to do, and how are we to know to do them on my own? I didn't go to med school. I made that joke at the beginning about knowing, telling the doctor, and knowing. You said, did you go to med school? No, I didn't. I don't know. I need a doctor for that reason, but I need to be willing to ask them for help and actually be open to having somebody else lend me their level of expertise and help me build a plan. So I guess what we're trying to do is encourage people to go out and do that with their finances because we know that one of the top stresses in life is money issues. It is in the top three for over 50% of people.
2: So enjoy life. Go out there. Do what you do best. Hire somebody. Hire <laughs> a professional that allows you to be able to take care of your finances, your money. But you do not give all the responsibility to the person. Because oh, totally. you still maintain responsibility. 100%. And ownership. 100%. On working as a team it allows you to be able to, to enjoy your life in, 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 a, in a fuller capacity. And,
3: in, and achieve your goals quicker.
2: I would absolutely agree achieve
3: with that. your goals faster, and you know, and then when you're enjoying along the way, when you go on vacation, you can actually enjoy it and feel like you earned it because you have a plan. And if God forbid something happens or there's a financial crisis, you feel more capable and more equipped to handle it, and less uh, like the women world, which really doesn't feel good; it feels very out of control. We don't want people to feel that way. We want to feel equipped.
2: Absolutely, we're coming to the end of the show. We hope that you enjoyed the show today.
3: You didn't say the thing you say every time. I can't believe it's over. I can't (laughs) believe, I'll say it. I can't believe the show is (laughs) over. It's been an hour already.
2: Do I say that a lot?
3: You say it every show. You, wow. Even last show, I think you said, "I know I say this every show, but it really does go by maybe so fast." Bad. Maybe that's
2: Maybe I try to remove that. You try so, to remove it. I, I, it's just an expectation now. I know. Uh, but thank you for for <laughs> saying that for me on my behalf and our behalf. I really appreciate it. And uh, high five! Come on, high five! There we go. <laughs> high five over the the radio. Um, we hope that you enjoyed the show today, and we enjoyed having this conversation to explore. The possibility of working with an advisor. And and hopefully, we're able to show you the reasons to work with an advisor. And if you've been disconnected with who you're working with, maybe it's time for a change. If you're in Vancouver, you can call us.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And that was a little plug for Capital Core Financial. (laughs) (laughs) Or across Canada.
2: Uh, But uh, hopefully, we gave you some, some ideas that you can re engage or work with your advisor and bring it to the next level. Your wealth deserves it. Your family deserves it. You deserve it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all next week. Tune in next week. We also have podcasts so you can go in and you can listen to previous shows. So, in the meantime, have have a a wealthy wealthy week. week.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week.